Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. All right, we're back. Uh, we just heard about uh, you know Jerome and uh, Vincent talking about their, uh, their upcoming gig. Um, Jerome has his interview at Gattaca now. Uh, so he's all prepped. Um, he looks very spiffy in his suit. Uh, he's cleaned himself up very nicely. He shines up like a new penny, as I learned from Titanic. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's ready to go. But there's an issue. He's trying to strap that urine to his leg, but every sample that he grabs from the fridge is what he calls hot because Eugene has been drinking his ass off. He's got a problem. Um, he tries one bag, two bags, three bags. Um, there's one bag left. Eugene says, yeah, try, try Wednesday sample. And he, Vincent goes, this one's labeled Friday. Yeah, yeah, Friday, that's the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and luckily enough, uh, Friday sample is good. So uh, he, uh, he, at this point, he gives Eugene one last chance to back out before he heads over there. And Eugene's silent, um, and he's looking downward, but he's, he, you know, he's ready to commit. So we're good to go. Um, Jerome gets over there and he meets Dr. Lamar for the first time, who at this point doesn't have any, you know, snarky comments or about anything. Uh, but uh, he gives his urine sample and that is the entire interview. <laughs> the piss test is it. That's all they need. Yeah. Um, you know, his credentials have already been looked up as Jerome Morrow and um, they just need his piss to confirm that he's him. So the interview's done. He's hired. Uh, the cool thing about that, the IDs that come up. So for everyone listening, when your ID comes up and you're valid, it'll say obviously in big letters valid and has your photo and other information and an invalid if you're not. So the invalid uh, ID for Vincent is the goofy Vincent with the glasses yep. and the, the messed up hair. The valid ID for Jerome is actually a composite of Jude Law and, and Ethan Hawke. That's why it looks completely different. Okay. But it, it was done that way because it also drives the point home, and they've said this multiple times now, nobody looks at pictures anymore. Yeah. They don't need to. If you confirm with a blood test or a piss test that you are who you say you are, you are who you say you are, and that goes to Mark's point, is that they don't look at you anymore. It's all yeah. about what you can provide for them as a genetically superior person. So it's weird. It's it, I just think it's great. It's a subtle little thing, you know, with that ID not being either of them. But See, I didn't know that, and you just raised my score for this movie by an entire <laughs> decimal point. Excellent. That's I love really it. cool. I love That's it. That's really cool. Well, yeah. You know, the, other, the other thing I thought was interesting about the IDs is if you look at the invalid, and I, I couldn't find anything on this, um, but I wanted to know what the distinction was. But there's a little cross, almost yes. like a like a Christ symbol in Vincent's invalid, 
but oh, for Jerome's, it's a god birth because they call them god births. Right. So and so yeah. okay. Well, that that makes more. And then but Jerome yeah. has an infinity symbol. Yes. His. Right. Mm. Yep. Right. So it's I guess you know I mean and, and he does say uh, Tony Shalhoub's character does say, you know he has a, a expiration date you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Like, exactly. Guy's going to live forever. Yep. Right? I mean I guess that wasn't just a euphemism. Like he, he yeah. might actually no, exactly. live to be like five hundred years old, but he yep. has an infinity sign for his valid status and i thought well that's an interesting touch right there well hey with the with advances in modern medicine there's nothing saying we can't live to be 150 200. Yeah. come on talladega nights <laughs> come on guys it's ricky bobby <laughs> i'm sorry i am like trying so fucking hard right now to not drop idiocracy into this because <laughs> you said my rudolph <laughs> wow uh-huh. You, when oh the un, the invalid valid reminds me of he's unscannable, and now you're just setting me up for another idiocracy drop with advances in research of Altshuler and Krinsky going to, to perfect boners and hair loss. Nice. <laughs> Which just moves about hair loss and boners. Holy shit! It There's all comes back to idiocracy, man. I've been trying not to say, but you just keep setting it up, and I'm like, I'm trying to behave here. All lead to the same movie. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But you're not wrong, Joe. So, yeah. so that's completely valid and acceptable. That's valid. That's a the valid rule of threes. Idea. Once you got to the third one, I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really quick, that picture thing is going to come back later in the movie. I'll, we'll bring it up again uh, where no one looks at the pictures anymore. Um, so Jerome was hired. So he goes back home to uh, give the news to Eugene. And guess what? We got another clip. <laughs> More footprints, more steps. And that's the way it was. Each day I would dispose of as much loose skin, fingernails, and hair as possible to limit how much of my invalid self I would leave in the valid world. At the same time, Eugene prepared samples of his own superior body matter so that I might pass for him. Customized urine pouches for the frequent substance tests, fingertip blood sachets for security checks, and vials filled with other traces. While Eugene supplied me with a new identity, I paid the rent and kept him in the style to which he'd become accustomed. Eugene never suffered from the routine discrimination of a utero, a faith birth, or invalid, as we were called a valid, a vitro, a made man. He suffered under a different burden, the burden of perfection. I was now a member of a relatively new and particularly detested segment of society, one of those who refuses to play the hand that he was dealt. I am most commonly known as a borrowed ladder or a degenerate. Degenerate, such a good one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th th there's so much going on in that clip, and you're right, Joe. <clears throat> it's such a good line, though. It, it just it, it just shows awesome. us how good uh, the writing is. You guys want to start line. a punk band called the Degenerates? That's a, <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> great name. That's a great name. But even but I, even a borrowed ladder. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. But I love what he said too about um, the burden of perfection. Yes right <clears throat> that even with with all of that talent with everything almost sort of mm -hmm. laid out for you there's there now now you have the expectation of never being able to fail you have right. to and yet he said with everything going for me i was still second place because he only placed in silver 
Yeah. That, which, that was, which means there's always there's always a human element, no matter how yep. perfect we might be or we might think that we are. There's always a human element. There's always going to be someone that's a little bit better or a little bit stronger. But I think that comes with you know the willpower uh, to to be more than who you are and to. But yeah, yes, so, but, but but when, when you don't when you don't when you feel like you don't need to push yourself, maybe you don't because you feel like well I'm perfect as I am, so I don't right. need to work any harder or think any differently about my life. But that's a burden that now you have to you have to mm-hmm. try to be perfect. But I I, I love that he says that. The yes. burden of perfection. That was that was a great line as well. Well, yeah, that, that's definitely. where this movie does extra credit, man, because it was already captivating with the Ethan Hawke character, but the yeah. Jude Law character having an arc that's very much about like my life is not what I was promised, right? And and the resolution of that, like that was this is heartbreaking, man. No, I, absolutely. I know we'll get there, but mm-hmm. my God, man, like there's yeah. there's there's so many moving pieces to this movie. No, and and it goes it goes back again to to um, to Nichols' writing because this whole movie is a call and response. Every almost every line of dialogue points to something that's going to happen yeah. in the most subtle mm. ways that you don't even think about. In fact, probably it took me three viewings to 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 connect the dots, and can, I connected even as many times as I've seen it. I connected even more dots this week. Yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it, I could I could see that too because there were little things I was like, oh shit, look at the metal, like, right. mm, I see what you did there. Yes, mm. just everything, and, and it's and it's subtle, which makes it even more fun to discover, and more impressive, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, so you know, we learn that phrase degenerate, which again, we all we all think is such fantastic. a good. Yep, I love good yeah. wordplay. Right, right, <laughs> it, it's excellent. Well, it's it's like a pun, but it's not like a stupid, but it's an intelligent yeah. pun. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we're, we are now back at Gattaca. Uh, so Jerome's back at work. And uh, we find out that uh, there's been a murder. Um, the, there was a, another, a, a higher mission director than Director Joseph um, that, we, that we immediately even come to learn that uh, was not in favor of this mission to Titan. Um, and... and in narration, Vincent even describes to us, Jerome describes to us that uh, this mission director was the one person who had come close to discovering uh, Vincent's ruse. Um, and he suddenly turns up dead, murdered, brutally murdered. <laughs> we cut to the office where the, where the body is and uh, they're bagging up a keyboard uh, that was used to cave his skull in. And it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, realistically gruesome. There's That's a, a lot really of little... weird camera angle too. That was like yes. the weirdest, like of, right? all, of all the entire film, that was the most out of place shot that I can yeah. think of. Everything else is sprawling and has like architecture yeah. where the, you know, the, the panel uh, goes right into like, you know, the, the ceilings will kind of, you know, kind yes. of go to the horizon line and yep. everything. And then here's this weird, almost yeah. like, I mean, nineties shot where right. it's, let's say, it's, it did Chris Williams, yeah. Um, you know, like I can't stand the yeah. rain. Like, was yes. was this a Buster Rhymes video in the middle of the movie? Because <laughs> hold on, hold on. It, it, it also it, it, like every that, that keyboard was also it was warped right because of yes. the camera. So yeah. the, it was just a weird angle for it had that, that Beastie one. Boys camera on it and right, shit. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. it's like okay, is this what is this, the keyboard going to throw up a gang sign in the middle of this thing? Because it was just <laughs> yeah. it was just that odd fish eye lens. Yeah, and, and it, that. It was just kind of distracting. You look at every other shot in the movie, that was a yep. weird one. 
Yeah. I could, I could, I could totally see that. I did not give it as much thought as that. I just thought, <laughs> I mean, it looked cool and it looked like, it, you know, did they have GoPros at that point? Like probably not. Well, yeah, but it, it, it looked like it, it's, you know, obviously the, the beginnings of, of a GoPro kind of a look, yeah. but it was just, yeah. it was, I don't know what kind of camera they used for like a small spy cameras, I guess, but really weird shot. Yeah, it was. So, it was. so I gotta be the, I'm actually guy here. Yes. Missy, Missy Elliott was, I can't stand the rain. Busta Rhymes is put your hands where my eyes can see. Oh, yeah. They were both fish eyes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, uh, Noted. uh, Puff Daddy and, um, and, um, yep. Mo Money, and, Mo uh, Problems. Yeah. 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 Um, and the BC Boys one that did it was, um, was it Ill, not Ill Communication? It was the, <laughs> the one where they're like out in the forest and like the, ah, what song is that? Nah. I don't know. That's, they used that's it in intergal- like They used it in intergalactic, intergalactic also, but they used it in a previous video as well. Hmm. Um, Hype Williams, not Chris Williams. Hype Williams. Sorry, Hype Williams was yeah. the direct director. I, I, I was close. Hype Williams. He directed the Bust, Buster Rhymes video. The yeah, put your hands on my eyes can see and the Missy Elliott. I can't stand the rain video, but he he did a few others. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, he, he had a, a bunch of videos, but once that style got played out, he had yep. to. He had to change it up because everything was a fisheye lens. You know, I think Busta also used it in uh, "Give Me Some More" and uh, "Break Your Neck" or whatever. Yeah, it was it, it was it was kind of a style for that last yeah. like a year or two, and then I was like, "All right, enough for the fisheye." No, nah, I like him. Give yeah. me them all. I'll give me everything fisheye, <laughs> except for Doug's stupid fish head video. Right. Yep. It ain't stupid. It's classic. <laughs> This, uh, you, you talk you talk shit and you know we trade barbs and stuff but that was the first time doug looked genuinely hurt by something he said <laughs> right yeah i agree i agree i, I mean, was caught off guard i was genuinely that. hurt when he made me play it <laughs> i was oh, caught man. off guard my ears they didn't stop bleeding right. for like six weeks do you know <sighs> the fish head song mark the old dr demento song called fish heads roly poly fish heads fish heads you don't know it don't know that one all right, sorry. I guess I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll listen. No, to it. please, I'll, I'll no, save your, save yourself. Oh, oh okay. Oh no! Don't it do is, it. Don't it is do a it. dumb Weird Al style parody song. It's yeah, done yeah. by Billy Mummy from Lost. Weird Al style parody? I mean, yeah, exactly. No, Weird Al has talent. Okay, but if <laughs> were it not for that song and the other songs of that era played by Doctor Demento, Weird Al would never have been discovered. So I, I doubt that. He no, I did. Doctor Doctor Demento was Weird Al's like right. main inspiration. Exactly, hundred percent. So he he got a lot of his stuff from that song and other songs like it. So All right. So since um, uh, you don't believe me, we're gonna have to do this. You ready? We're doing a movie. What are you doing? Playing the stupid song what that you want to hear so bad. I'm not saying it's not stupid. Where, when does it actually start singing the the terrible stuff? How dare you! <laughs> I'm the clips guy. Wow. You took a bat to the fucking momentum we had, Joe. Like yeah, a yeah, bat. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you took a bat to the momentum by telling no, me this no, is a good song. No, 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 no. All right. Skip the intro. It's like 10 minutes long. Here comes Joe. Right? <laughs> exactly. I it's mean, like a keyboard to It's literally to like three minutes head. of nothing. Thanks, Mark. I see your face. You understand what I'm saying, right? But 
you know, Joe, you you paint you paint a picture that's complete bullshit. I never said it was a good song. I said it was a song that means a lot to me and my kids because my kids grew up with it. I never said it was good. It's a okay. parody song. It's right. What's it a parody like, of? It's the, it's the early um, okay. uh, Baby Shark kind of thing, right? Pretty exactly. much, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a parody, uh, though. Uh, no, Joe, it's flat out, straight up a parody. There's no other word for it. <laughs> but what's it a parody of? Because a parody is a parody of something. No, it doesn't have like, to be a parody bad of is a parody of specific. fat. You know, MacArthur, Jurassic Park is a parody of MacArthur's Park. What's this a parody of? It doesn't have to be a parody of anything specific, Joe. It's a genre of music. Okay? I can't believe how much we killed this fucking movie now because of you. I really can't. No, I shouldn't say I can't believe because I do believe 100%. Let's just say that song was made Detroit style. Okay. Uh huh. Which is still better than Florida style. I'll leave oh, it. Nothing's better than Florida style. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Eric's yeah. with me on this one. I'm staying uh, out of this one, man. Yeah, uh, Eric's yeah. smart. Remember, when it comes down to it, Eric's not Florida. He just happens to live there now. That's true. That's true. Okay. Eric, you're a Florida man. No, no. All right. So guess know. what? Hey, guys, we're back at Gattaca now. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, again, we find out that that mission director who was on to, uh, on to Vincent is dead. That sounds um, brutal, too. Yeah. So that keyboard's being bagged up, and our, uh, we meet our veteran detective, Hugo, my favorite character in this movie, um, played by, again, the great... Alan Arkin, this guy is one of my friggin' movie heroes. Absolutely love everything he's ever done. Um, he, he just drops this quip. He's, I think we can rule out suicide. <laughs> Which just sets him up. It sets that character up, you know, because, and when he says it, it goes over everyone's head. Because you can already tell that he is not genetically enhanced. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a god birth. Because he's, he's older, first off. So, these these you know genetically enhanced people don't have senses of humor man they don't get that shit so that's true it just goes over everyone's head um so there's now talk of having to push things back because of the investigation and the director now appoints irene as the liaison um in assisting the police um he then assures jerome that the launch will go on as scheduled he's very clear about that uh, we're back at home, and Jerome tells Eugene, Eugene that the launch is a go because their only obstacle has been conveniently removed. Um, he's not shedding a tear over this. Uh, so they decide they're going to celebrate. They head out to a swanky restaurant. Um, at this point, we see that, that Irene is, is snooping around uh, Jerome's desk. Um, she grabs that comb that we saw earlier and takes a couple of uh, pieces, you know, the strands of hair that were in that comb. And she brings it to what is not surprising in this society. It's basically a you know, genetic testing store. <laughs> you can go and bring any kind of material to get tested to find out about your mate, you know, your spouse, yes. someone you're dating. Or, you yeah, because that one girl. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I kissed him five minutes ago. And all mm. I could think is so you made out with him and they said, okay, I got to go. And she just immediately ran over to the testing lab to like yeah. swab my lips. I want to see if this guy is a, I'm just really glad a loser or not. It. I'm yeah. just really glad she didn't walk over. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Here you go. Here's the sample. Um, give, so, give me a cup. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> so be, because Jerome... 
because Vincent has done his due diligence to convince the world he's Jerome, it comes back that, uh, you know, she's told by, by the clerk that she's got quite a catch. Um, he registers like a 9.3 on some scale. Uh, so, you know, she's still, she's, you know, it's weird. She has a weird reaction to that, but, you know, it's all good. Um, we're back at the restaurant now, uh, so we are going to run another clip. times I told Cavendish. Oh, well, this can't have been open more than five minutes ago. A wine like this needs to breathe. Remember that. You know, they say when you're weightless, it's the closest thing to being in the womb. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled this off. They're sending you up there. Up there, for Christ's sake, you of all people. I hate to think of you alone in that room for a year. Well, don't think about it. Anyway, the room I'm stuck in is bigger than your tin can. You know what I'm saying. What are you going to do? I have my books. I go places in my head. <laughs> I'd be happier if you had some company. I have visitors. Yeah, well, none that you don't pay. I wouldn't have it any other way. Seriously. What are you going to do? I'm going to finish this. Tighten like this time of year. <laughs> What's Titan like? Titan is exactly like this. All the time. It's got a cloud around it so thick nobody can tell what's underneath. Maybe there's nothing there. There's something there. You should be going instead of me. Why is that? Because up there, your legs wouldn't matter. I'm scared of heights. So they're having fun. Yes. They're you know, fun. listening to the audio of this, like yeah. when I watched the movie, it didn't hit me, but listening to the audio of this, I just hope there's a bunch of rats in the kitchen cooking the food. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. This just reminds me of Ratatouille. Well, some, some cool trivia that reminds me. Um, the song playing in the background is a French song that translates into clouds. Oh, that no. makes sense given the conversation with Titan and stuff. So that's, uh, again, subtle, subtle, but drives home, you know, the coolness of this movie. Well, dude, even listening back to this audio again after watching it today yeah. and the little breadcrumbs and clues that they put yeah. into the dialogue, it's like, this is a sneaky, yep. sneaky movie, man. Isn't it? Isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, they are now on their way home and Eugene is very, very drunk. Um, I got another clip right away just because time in between these two clips was not worth running so we're just going to run this other clip it's not as long you know i wasn't <coughs> drunk. what do you mean you're not drunk when i walked in front of that car what car i stepped right out in front of it 
could ever been more sober in my life. Go to sleep. Couldn't even get that right, could I? If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Go to sleep. I'm proud of you, Vincent. You must be drunk to call me Vincent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Short clip, but there's a lot going on. Uh, it drives the point home that Mark was talking about earlier with the, the burden of, of, you know, perfection. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 like, I like right before the two, uh, when he's like charging up the car and he's like throwing up, he was like, yeah. Shall I save some of this for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, yep. It's like, yep. I'm sorry. Shall I save some of this for you? Shall I? So <laughs> I did love that. But what I, re what I really loved about that scene was the whole beginning of the movie, the impression I got was that this guy's lot in life was dictated by the accident. And that's what started him on this like right. bitter path. But to find out that he tried to kill himself and that's what caused the accident mm -hmm. puts a whole different spin on his on his arc and the like you said that weight of perfection thing like it's 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 got so much more depth than I expected. And yeah. maybe that's and that's the silver medal, right? Like he, he yeah. probably yes. trained and did everything possible, and then mm -hmm. he was convinced he was going to win. And his trainers probably told him, "You're the best. No one's ever going to beat you." Blah, blah blah. And then all of a sudden, boom, silver medal. Like okay, so I did all that for nothing, and then. Right. Yeah. So, and my life is worthless now. I've been told I've been perfect my entire life, and I, I failed, and now it's the burden yeah. of perfection. What's the, what's mm -hmm. the point? Yeah. Exactly. 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 So, uh, we're at police headquarters now, and they're they're performing the autopsy on the director. Um, at the same time, there's a bunch of sequencing and scanning going on from all the, you know, the DNA evidence they've collected at Gattaca, um, including. Uh, an eyelash from an invalid uh, that gets scanned and uh, that invalid's ID comes up and it's Vincent. Um, it's at this point that we get our first look at grown-up Anton, who's the lead detective on this case. He is immediately drawn to that, that ID. Like, he knows right away that's his brother. Um, he thought he was dead, or actually, well, we'll find out later. But, um, yeah, he, you can tell he knows it's him. Um, and that gets driven home many times uh, going forward as far as his knowledge of that goes. Uh, back at home, Eugene, Eugene's on a treadmill, on, in his wheelchair on the treadmill to provide a heartbeat recording because uh, uh, Jerome Vincent is due for uh, some treadmill work today uh, when he goes to work. So they record uh, Eugene's heartbeat and they run it under the heart monitor that he has on while he runs on the treadmill. Um, so Anton and Hugo are talking about this new invalid suspect um, Hugo is laser focused on this dude he swears this is the guy who did it um, but Anton is pushing back hard he wants him to forget it and move on to other things which for me again drives a point home that he knew it was Vincent as soon as he saw him that even if he is the killer he's sort of roundabout protecting his 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 older brother uh, based on the shit that he went through when they were kids. Um, so, you know, there is some humanity somewhere in Anton as far as I can see. Um, so, uh, all right. 
So, yep, after that recording, uh, Jerome is on the treadmill at the office. Um, you know, Dr. Lamar with another great quip. He just looks at him and goes, Jerome, Jerome, Jerome the, metronome. the metronome. You could set your watch to his heartbeat. Love that. Um, yeah. Really cool. Another cool cameo, lesser known, though. The, the, um, basically, the trainer that's there is Gabrielle Reese. She was a professional volleyball player back oh. in the day mm-hmm. and model and producer, and she did a whole bunch of shit. But, uh, yeah. That was her film debut in this movie. Um, yeah, you could tell she wasn't a seasoned actor. She just. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen worse. I've seen plenty of yeah, worse. Yeah, that, yeah. But you're right. She was. It was her I, emoting that was. I've not seen good. worse from good actors in shitty movies. That's very <laughs> true. That's very true. We, we reviewed a whole movie like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, as everybody's on the treadmill, including Jerome, the detectives enter and inform director Joseph of their invalid find. Um, Anton then starts to talk to the director about Gattaca's hiring practices, which just allows director Joseph to go on a very snobby rant about the best of the best and that kind of thing. And no one exceeds their potential, um, you know, that kind of thing. Vincent is very distracted because of all the events, but also because he's on the treadmill, his heart is like racing a million miles an hour. He loses track of the count, the time count on the recording, and it stops. So for just a second, you hear his true heartbeat, which is up over 200 beats a minute. I can, <laughs> I can attest, having experienced that, um, that that's about that, 200 beats a minute. Um, so he jumps off the tray. He pulls the, uh, the, the heart monitor off his chest to stop the recording, and uh, you know, he heads out uh, to the locker room. Um, the trainer asked him if he's okay. He says he's fine. Barrels past her. When he gets in the locker room, though, he collapses on the floor because his heart, he's, he's in VTAC, and his heart is just racing a mile a minute right now. Um, so he, uh, when this happens, uh, no, so after this, so after he feels better, he's dressed and changed, he goes out into, onto the floor, and he sees Anton for the first time now and immediately knows it's Anton. Um, this just forces him to quickly exit the building. Um, but on his way out, he runs into Caesar again, who knows that his name is Mr. Morrow and takes the empty water cup from him. And this is another subtle thing that took me a few times to notice, but Caesar immediately knows who it is. Like, he knows it's Vincent. And he's not surprised by this, based on the conversations they had when he was working for him. And again, that fatherly attitude he took towards Vincent you know, to try to get him going in the right direction. Um, So we now jump outside where Jerome meets Irene uh, to watch another launch. Uh, They talk about the director's death. um, And Irene mentions the eyelash uh, that Vincent, I mean, yeah, Vincent Jerome didn't really know about. Uh, She then confesses about the DNA sequencing she did on him. Um, This concerns Vincent because he thinks that she's found him out and realizes that he's not Jerome. Uh, But... Uh, you know, she just says that, you know, he's everything and more that, that he said he was. Um, so he, he relaxes a little bit. Um, she, at this point, she, she then reveals that she has a heart defect. Um, and that's what prevents her from going up on any of the missions. So she's, you know, she's a valued employee, but she'll never fly. Um, she offers Jerome a strand of her hair to run at one of the test centers, uh, but he lets it go, and it blows away in the wind, and he says, oh, sorry, the wind caught it, because he doesn't care. I mean, he's smitten at this point. We know that. Um, what's not to be smitten about? 
were they, were they were they dating by this point or was it no after? there was it was flirtation there's this was flirtation still no no i, I mean oh. like in real in real life oh like, no yeah it was during this movie in. it was during the movie that they met and right um, okay i never put two and two together because i found out from looking at the trivia of this that their daughter is in stranger things hmm. she's she's hmm. uh she's the um I crap now I can't remember her damn name. She's the one who worked in an ice cream shop with the. With oh the guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, her last name is Hawk. It's not even like it's hiding. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. she was conceived during and and born during their marriage. They were married to 2005. Uh, but yeah, that's their daughter. So yeah, I, thanks for reminding me, Mark. Yeah, they uh, they this is the movie they met on. This is, okay, um, so they, so they weren't date. They started dating at right. or during the yeah film at and work. Obviously, after right. You're absolutely it. right. Yep. Yep. Little Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie situation. Huh? There you go, there you go, and ended the same way, but a little more, <laughs> right. a little more, uh, you know, calm than that one ended. Sure. So, uh, so Jerome's back at his desk working, and we see Vincent's face pop up on the screen. The invalid ID picture of Vincent pop up on the screen, uh, you know, announcing that he's a suspect in this. Um, he completely freaks out, and this goes back to the whole nobody pays attention to pictures things. Because he's a god birth and he's like old school, he doesn't understand this concept yet that no one cares what you look like. So he's looking around like everybody's going to really realize it's him. And Irene, who's being close with, doesn't even realize it's him. Yeah. She has no clue that it's him. So he's freaking out about nothing. Um, the director comes over and, and looks at what he's working on and distractedly, you know, asked him if this is the flight path they talked about and you know Jerome says yes and the director sort of like he's he's definitely you know thinking of other things um says oh yeah you're right you're right it is so um so Jerome is obviously very much on edge because of this picture and everything else he, he thinks it's you know everything's coming to an end so he's back at home having a conversation with Eugene and we're going to roll a clip I'm saying to you, I want what I ordered. It's a completely different colour. Now, I'm bored of talking to you. I'm bored. I'll call you back. That was the company that sell us your hair dye. They've sent me summer wheat instead of honey dawn. Any fool knows it's two shades lighter. She said, why don't you try a change? I don't want a change. We can't use a change. Now I'm probably going to have to pay for the five boxes they've sent me. We can't stay here. Idiots I have to deal with. You wouldn't believe. They think I killed the mission director. What makes them think that? They found my eyelash. Where? In the corridor. Ah, oh, well, it could be worse. They could have found it in your eye. They've got my picture plastered up all over the place. I can't turn around without seeing my own face. They'll recognize me. They won't recognize you. They'll recognize me. I don't recognize you. They won't marry the eyelash to you. They won't believe that one of their elite could have suckered them all this time. No, 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 no. We change nothing. We do as we planned. You're Jerome Morrow, navigator first class. I'm not Jerome Morrow. I'm a murder suspect. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's more than a day's work. Wait, we can't stay here. Stop that! 
that! Oh, fine. Fine. You leave if you want. No, but you're not taking that stuff. That stuff is mine! I could have rented myself out to somebody with a spine. If I'd known you were gonna go belly up on me at the last fucking gasp. You can't quit on me now. I've put too much into this. What do you want me to do? Wheel in there and finish the job myself? Eugene, they are going to find me. You still don't understand, do you? When they look at you, they don't see you anymore. They only see me. That's it. Yeah. Um, and that sums it up. Oh, it's not it. Huh? It's not it. <laughs> Sorry. No. Keep your lashes on your lids where they belong. That's How it. could you be so careless? <laughs> That's it. Holy crap. All right. Yeah. I, I, I love I love that line. I mean, I, I, again, I, I think I'm, I'm in I'm in good company when I, you know, when I say that I, I rewound a certain part over and over again, just because I love the delivery of certain lines. But when Jude Law says, um, they'll never make the eyelash to you, they won't believe like it. And just when yeah. you look at his face, yes. it, it almost, it feels impromptu, you know, like, yes. like he, 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 as he was talking, he had the next thought and just like, I don't know if that was in the script uh, mm -hmm. or written that way. And he just delivered it so perfectly, but because there was just that no pause right after that, they won't, you know, right. They won't marry the eyelashes. They won't believe. Like he, he almost didn't even finish the word, and he was already. And then his facial expression is kind of like they right. won't believe. They, and he's like thinking, like, oh yeah, these people, they, they won't even, they won't want to believe that someone like you would betray them. And I, I swear to you, I rewound that that scene a couple of times <laughs> just to just because just I just like watching masters at work, and that to me was a masterful scene. The way that he just he played just those. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. Ah, oh, Jude Law, first movie, and that's that's crazy. He did such right? a good job. Knocked yeah. it out of the park, man. Yeah, and yeah, keep your eyelashes in your fucking head. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I love the that audacity. They found my At least they didn't find it in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it, Eugene's, uh, you know, speech or you know, attack or scolding of Vincent snaps him out of it. Uh, he falls back to his prep routine with the scrubbings and everything else. Um, so Jerome tells Eugene that he's going out now in the next scene, uh, but he lies about who he's going with. He says he's going out with everyone. Um, uh, Eugene rolls over the window, and he looks out the window, and he sees Irene in her car waiting for him. Um, and they do make brief eye contact. So, you know, and even at this point, Irene doesn't put two and two together. It's not even, she's not even close yet. She doesn't even ask him about it. No. Like, who was that guy? Right, exactly. Um, and, and this just reminds me to talk in general, we've, we've touched on it, the architecture in this movie. Mm. Uh, the coolest thing about it is, you know, everything I read is that obviously they, want, they wanted a retro futuristic look, futuristic look. So the locations they chose, chose a lot of these buildings are made in the 50s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Frank Lloyd Wright and other crazy, yep. you know, postmodern um, um, architects. These are the buildings they focused on because and almost they, all of them in California as well. Yes, almost exactly. In California. Exactly. Yeah, that. So their his their apartment is part of a science building at, at one of the the universities in, in California. You know, yeah. um, very cool stuff. Yeah. So I also love the use of the electric retro future cars right? in this movie, like the uh, 
the prediction of the Teslas, you know. Oh, just yeah, again, so again, right. They're nailing it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and those are all, most of them are real old, you know, they're like 50s and 60s cars. Yeah. But, you know, they, they, they dub over the, you know, the electric motor sounds and stuff, and it works. It and just 100%, works. 100%, yeah. With in the whole in 10, aesthetic. 15, 20 years, you're going to have all these old guys who want their muscle cars, but they're not going to be allowed to use the gas engines anymore. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to see a Challenger that sounds like yeah. that going down the, down the road, 100%. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, electric whir. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. My heart is breaking right now. Yeah, I know, right? That's going to that's gonna crush you, bud. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'll still have my gas engine. I don't fucking care. <laughs> it just okay. means there's more gas for me to use because you guys are using all your electric cars. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm just saying when the law comes down, <laughs> they tell you, yeah, there's not going to be any law. It won't happen. Okay. How dare you? Okay. Um, all right. So. Uh, Jerome and Irene are out uh, now. They attend the uh, piano concerto, uh, while at the same time we see the Hoovers, as they're called, the, uh, the as in the J. Edgars. Uh, they're rousting an invalid camp um, on Hugo's orders. Um, Anton shows up and he is pissed, uh, and again pulls uh, Hugo away from the invalid theory. He just he wants to do everything to kind of steer him away. Um, this is a funny scene. That's next. Uh, we see another, you know, now recognizable actor in Dean Norris. Uh, you know, goddamn it, Marie, they're minerals. Um, <laughs> he confronts Eugene because, again, they're doing a sweep of the whole city. Uh, he confronts Eugene, who's out and about in his wheelchair. Um, but he makes the mistake of calling Eugene a cripple. <laughs> Eugene's response is absolutely beautiful and priceless. I mean, he goes full prima donna on this guy. He wants his badge number. He wants everything. He calls him a flat, flat foot. foot. He, he just goes, he does ape shit on him in, in the most elitist, just snobby, you know, What's way. your number? Yeah, right? What's your number? <laughs> and uh, it's so good. It's just, it's just a great little scene. And uh, yeah, it's Dean Norris. I mean, he'd been acting for a while, but most of it bit parts. Like, so nobody knew who he really was at that point. Uh, just a very, very funny scene. Um, so we are back at Gattaca, um, and Director Joseph and a cop are um, harassing Caesar, who's in the, the workroom there, uh, cleaning up. He's basically contaminating a crime scene. He's got a bag of trash. Um, this is where you know that he's helping Vincent, flat out, because he's got a bag full of trash. The cop takes the trash away and tells him it's evidence. And, you know, then we, we don't see Caesar again. But later, well, there's a whole friggin' coffee cup or a water cup that the one that Caesar took away from Vincent that shows up again. And it was in that bag. So you know that Caesar was trying to get rid of that shit. Yeah. Like, so that he wouldn't get caught. And it's like the coolest, most subtle thing, you know. Um, so we're back at the concert. Uh, the performance is done. And... Um, the artist throws uh, one of his gloves out into the audience, and yep. Jerome catches it. Um, Irene tries it on, and we realize it's got six fingers in it. Um, Jerome didn't notice during the performance and had no clue as to what was going on. Um, and they see a picture of the artist out in the lobby, and he's got six fingers on each hand. And Irene points out that the piece was actually written for 12 fingers. Um, again, because... Vincent is so naive in the ways of this new world 
that he had no idea this was a thing. You know, that, you know, parents would request 12 fingers because they wanted their child to be a famous pianist, you know. Um, I wonder at what point they realized there's too many, like, 14 fingers, 16 fingers? Yeah, 20? I know, right? Yeah, yeah. When does it stop? Why not know? just make, you know, 82 fingers and just have one for each key? You never have to move your hands. <laughs> just... <laughs> That'd be so cool. Well, you know, I might I, actually I, do I, that if I had the chance. <laughs> I, I kind of I think, so I'm sorry, what was the actor's name again? You said that that, had the, that, that was the cop, the small bit. What's his name again? Uh, uh, Dean, Dean Norris. Norris. Dean yeah. Norris, right? So I was thinking about this, that this, the, six, the, the six finger or the 12 finger guy, right, is basically... Uh, I would say it's the equivalent to the three-breasted woman in Total Recall. Oh, yeah. Which, sure. which yes. also had the Norris as well. The Norris. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, You're right. shit. So, You're right. Yeah. Right. He so was, I, he I was kinda, one of the dudes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I kind of like in the, you know, because it's, it's that weird thing for sci-fi. Like yeah. something has to be weird, right? There has exactly. to be or, or someone like with, a with an extra fifth arm. element, the, the singer. that Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yep. this, this, was, this was their weird, okay, it's in the future. Here's something that's just weird and way off base uh so a, a chick with three three tits and a guy with six with uh, 12 fingers yes this 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 is their three tits uh yes but like i said also dean norris is connected to both so and then I, when d when dean norris finished filming he went to his manager and said what is this with this mutant shit <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea roles. Of, of a pitch meeting where they're uh, sci-fi movie and everything, but where's your three tits? Like, wait, <laughs> we, you know, we need something to give it that little, you know, that little. Oh, come I on. Know. You, know, it's, you know, they were dropping acid in the writing room when they came up with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably true. It's probably true. Um, all right. So the two of them leave the concert now. They're driving, uh, driving home and they drive right into a police checkpoint. Um, so. You can see the panic set in on Jerome. Um, he immediately re reaches up with his fingers and discards his contact lenses because he can see that the cops are scanning eyes for contact lenses. Um, so when it's their turn, um, he, the cop reaches out to swab uh, Vincent's cheek, um, and Vincent says, no way. Um, you know, you, you might, you're only going to get a contaminated sample, if you know what I mean. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know. Implying that Uma Thurman's character is a whore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and she just goes along with it, too. That's yeah, the, she looks over at him, but she's like, oh, mm -hmm. all right, that's cool. Uh, so the, the cop proceeds just to take a blood sample, and, of course, it comes back Jerome because he's, he's ready for this. Um, so... He, uh, he tries to explain away his reluctance to the swab, is worrying about, you know, you don't, you don't know where their swabs have been. They've been in a sealed fucking hermetically sealed package. That's where they've been, <laughs> Vincent. But whatever. She rolls with it. Um, she announces now that she wants to show him something. Uh, wah, wah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then she stops on the side of a very busy road, which is kind of weird. Um, uh, she gets out and, you know, easily navigates the traffic. But Jerome, who is now basically blind. Yeah. Um, his eyesight is so bad. Oh, I felt uh, for him. He has to rely on literal blind faith to get across that road. And it's a scary fucking scene because it's shot so we can't see anything either. Yeah. It's basically yeah, yeah. an astigmatism on steroids. Oof. Yeah. It was you know? very well done. And it's just we can't see either, so we just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, of course, you don't even have the engine sound. You get this electric motor sounds, which aren't as loud. And yep. In any case, he navigates. He gets across. Run, um, bitch! Run! Yeah. 
exactly. That's basically just what it looks like when I drive at night now. It's just yeah, like a fucking right? a haze yeah. of, of nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Um, why did the chicken cross the road? But this is why did the hawk cross the road? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's good. Um, so she brings him to a large solar array, this gigantic field with a million solar panels, rotating solar panels, just as the sun is riding, rising. Um, it is an absolutely beautiful sight as the sun starts to hit these panels. Um, unfortunately, you know, Vincent has to lie and say it's beautiful because he can't see it. He's just, it's just a bright blur to him. Um, so they're walking once the sun does rise, and she notices his eyes look different uh, because his eyes are a different color. Well, he just blames it on the morning sunlight, and she again goes right along with it. Um, we now jump to, I guess it's Anton's apartment or, or house. Uh, he's swimming in it in sort of one of those training, I don't know what they call them, like a treadmill. It's a water treadmill, basically. Uh, so we know that he's still into the swimming. Uh, he gets a phone call from Hugo, and um, he heads to the office, and we're going to run another clip. Positive match. I'm impressed. The cup was definitely used since the original sweep. Two samples, two days. Either the suspect went back to the scene of the crime to get a drink of water, and I don't know anybody that thirsty, or he still works there. I thought we checked all the service staff. I don't think he cleans up the place anymore. I have a feeling he might be there under false pretenses, playing somebody else's hand. A borrowed ladder? At Gattaca. It's far-fetched, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I find it hard to believe he could be one of their elite workers. Even if he got past their security system, he wouldn't have the mental faculty or the physical stamina. Maybe you're underestimating him. Maybe he is an imposter, and maybe the director found out about it. That could be his motive. I say we sample every employee within the parameters, intravenously. Two-thirds of their workforce fall into that category. We'd be closing them down for days. No, a fingertip sample of urine should be sufficient. I suggest blood from the vein. Hope I'm not out of line. <laughs> That's so great. I love the way he delivers that. That's Alan Ark in this whole movie. It's so and good. He's the, he's the only one actually doing detective work, you know? Right. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it seems like, you know, the, the Anton's character, he just, he, yeah, he's swimming. Like, he's, what is yeah. he doing with his time? Yeah. Right? I mean, meanwhile, Alan Arkin is the only guy that's actually putting the work in. Yeah. I mean, he has the ability to see past the whole thing because he's, he's old. You know, and, he made, and he made another quip as well. I don't know if yeah. that thirsty, right? Another, <laughs> exactly. Another exactly. Over, over your head joke. Yep. So this goes back to what I mentioned earlier about Caesar helping because this is they found the second DNA sample on the cup that uh, you know Vincent had given him, and then he tried to dispose of. Uh, so uh, so they have two they have two samples. So um, Anton agrees to to run these blood tests. So now we see all the employees lined up. And even though we're in a genetically superior society that's trying to rid itself, quote, of discrimination, they know it's a guy, and they mention two-thirds of the employees. So only one-third of the employees are female? That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. That. What's that's up with some that? straight-up bullshit. That's not a perfect workplace to me. Nope. Exactly <laughs> not. Exactly not. We can flip so. those numbers around, though, we'll be good. <laughs> oh, that's Joe's perfect workplace. Two for one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm going to stay out of that one. Yep. 
I'm so, gonna get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the employees are lined up to to give blood um, while Anton and you go supervise. Um, Jerome's turn comes up and uh, he goes in to see Lamar with a cop standing by there. Uh, he, he lets Lamar start the blood draw, uh, and he creates a diversion by feigning injury from, you know, Lamar's poor technique. Um, this allows he could <laughs> blood goes everywhere, all over the cop and everything. It's funny. Um, but this allows Jerome to swap the vials on the table uh, to put Jerome's blood there. So uh, it, of course, comes up, you know, clean and, and, and valid. So, you know, that works out for him. Um, so at this point, really quickly, Jerome meets Irene in the car again, and he awkwardly asks if he can see her again. He knows he's leaving in a couple of days, and he wants another opportunity to see her. Um, so all the tests have been done. Hugo is baffled that his theory didn't, didn't pay out with a, with a, with a suspect uh, and wants to test again. But both Director Joseph and Anton just shut him the fuck down. Like, that's it. The director for his own selfish reasons and Anton to help Vincent or at least to distract him from, you know, Vincent's trail. Um, so uh, they go out on a date. Uh, so they're at a restaurant. Uh, Vincent and Irene are at, the, at dinner. Uh, we see Irene take some heart medication, um, and they, she starts to talk about the, the murder again, but uh, Vincent changes the subject by asking Irene to dance. Um, you know, he mentions that he's, it's funny now that he's looking for a reason to stay because a year is a very long time, and I like her answer. Her answer is that, you know, she reminds him it's only once around the sun, you know, because that, that's a very astronomical scientific response to something like that because that yeah. is what a year is yeah it's only one trip around the sun so it's not that long you know um and you know the real the realistic reason for that is or the way it gets shorter is just have kids then a year goes <laughs> really fucking fast because you know there's always something to do with a kid yeah you know there's always an activity and the more kids you have, there's more activities. You got to go from one to one to one, and the next thing you know, it's Christmas again. Play dates. Yep. I'm gonna Christmas stop now because I could rant about this for hours. <laughs> Where has my life gone? All right. So, um, a, we are gonna play another clip, Joe. <laughs> Home stretch. Hello everyone, nice to see you. I am your detective for the evening. Please don't leave the premises. I said nobody leave. Am I speaking in some kind of strange foreign language? Check for hair, check lenses, check dentures. I want napkins, I want cigarette butts, I want the saliva off teacup. That's a familiar face, check them out, will you? Thought you wanted to dance. Excuse me, where are you going? Oh, yeah, let me know. Just a minute. Get out! Get out! Are you insane? Get out! Where did they go? 
Where did they go? Don't swallow, don't spit. Let's clean his teeth. Vincent! So there's a lot going on there. So yeah, they're interrupted sure. in that club uh, with a police raid. Um, and Hugo just comes up with another guy. I'm your police officer for the night. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, the thing are. that like upsets me about this whole movie is it makes me realize that I should have been Vincent my whole life because my middle name's Vincent. <laughs> and, and Vincent's a way cooler name than Joe or Joseph. <laughs> like, I could have been Vince. Like, Vince would have been way fucking cooler than right? Joe. Joe's such a bitch boring name. I love that Vince. your name is Joe, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you're wrong because yeah, Vince is a cool name. I Vince like is that. a cool name. It is. You know? I should, I'm gonna, I should just cool fucking Vince change it now. I should just be Vince yeah. from this point on. There you go. I'm except for Vince. Except for Vince Neal, he's kind of a fat piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and even when he wasn't a fat, he was still a piece of shit. Oh yeah, he's um, always been a piece of shit. He's, he's just got been fat. A piece of shit. Um, I'll call you Vince. I'll call you Vince every day, bud. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Vinny. Hey, what's going on? I'll start talking like this, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so there's a lot going on. So, again, Hugo's funny. Um, you know, everybody stay still. And they all start running. He's like, I, wait a minute. I, do you not speak English? <laughs> I told you to stay still. Now, this confuses me a little bit. These people are the friggin' genetic elite. They're yeah. just out having a good time. Why are they running like they're in a yeah, fucking yeah. speakeasy also, during Prohibition? <laughs> if one guy in a wheelchair could chase off a fucking hard-ass cop just right? by yelling at him. <laughs> it's just a little weird that they start yeah. to hit, head for the exits. What are they hiding? I mean, maybe illicit drug use or whatever. I don't know, but it's just a little odd. So anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Vincent and, and Irene head out the back door, but they run into a cop guard in the back door. Vincent starts off smartly and pulls his sleeve over his shirt when he punches him, his hand when he punches him. But then whether on purpose or just because it happened in filming, his hand slips out and he starts punching the shit out of him bare hands. So there's definitely DNA on, on the guy's face. Um, and even after all that, they're hiding in the corner there. Anton screams, Vincent, and you see Hugo immediately look up. So now he's he's put two and two together completely. He's known there's been something up, but the good detective has realized that Anton's covering up for somebody. Um, but even after all that, 
she's so in love with him at this point that it's still all good. They end up making out <laughs> in that dark little corner, and they end up at her place. Uh, what a view in that place, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck um, you, Doug! That's a hot apartment. Yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish, Joe, Vince. <laughs> I know you do. I know. Um, I really yeah, so was they, envious of that setup where you could just look out onto the ocean. And yeah. Like, it would well, be like, it would be like Uma Thurman and Thurman Merman. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. The funny Doug. thing is, when I when oh, I first no. saw that, <laughs> when I first saw that scene, I thought it was some kind of like futuristic projection. like screen projection, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, when I first yeah. saw, it, I was like, and then he goes when he goes out to the beach. I'm like, oh, yeah. damn, that's where she. Oh, snap! She has like floor to ceiling windows looking yep. out to the beach. Like, yeah, that's exactly. what I'm talking about. Exactly, because there's a. There is like a split, yes. you know, the, the yeah. window. The panels. So yeah, and, yeah, yeah. panels. So it looks, and because it almost looks uh, like not grainy, but it didn't look like high right. quality. So I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, this is just a, one of those yep. fancy walls that makes you, even though you're maybe underground or yeah. something like that. Exactly. It gives you the impression that you're you're at the beach. But no, yeah, that's what I want, man. I want front property. Yeah, I want like a sci-fi fucking projector room where it's like, you know, right? tonight, let's fucking be rainforest cool. tonight. Let's do something weird. <laughs> Just amazing. All right. Uh, so as to avoid any recording issues, we're going to take our last break and we'll wrap this up after that. Thank you, folks. <laughs> Hey, you guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. Sounds good to me. All right. I got a spot. Hourglass yeah. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious. 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Tap Room. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. 